0: What up, yo? It's Mark Shanup with the Fantasy Knockout Fantasy Football Show. Today is Saturday, November 28th, episode number 139. I'm on Twitter at FantasyKnockout, also on Instagram.com slash Fantasy underscore Knockout. I am excited for today's show. It's the start-sit for week 12. Who are we feeling confident about this week? Who are we worried about? Did you all have a good Thanksgiving? We did. My family, we celebrated with... went over to my... uh, uh, Michelle's parents' house. Had a great time. It was fun. Just watching some football, talking politics. You know, the usual <laughs> holiday. <laughs> Announcements. The hashtag knockout giveaway is still going on. We haven't held de- until December 6th to get in your entries to win a signed Devontae Adams jersey. Are you guys looking for accurate rankings? Guess what? Number one. Finished number one in tight end rankings for week 11. Yes, I crushed it on that one. Uh, Season to date, we're still currently at 69th, so moving slowly up there. If you've got a question for the show, head on over to the website, fantasynockout.com, for all your fantasy football needs. Thursday, Turkey Day recap. Here we go. Houston, Detroit. The game went back and forth kind of in that first half. Uh, Detroit hung in there for a while. And the momentum was just definitely with the Houston Texans. It was like 26-17 to 17 at the start of the fourth quarter. Then Deshaun Watson went ham, hit with Will Fuller, and the game was over. Houston ends up winning 41-25. to 25. Uh, And then the second game was Washington and Dallas. It's kind of similar to the first game. It was close to like the start of the fourth quarter was 20 to 16 Washington was leading then Antonio Gibson he showed everyone why he's the stud he is he broke two touchdown runs to finish the game Washington ends up winning 40 to 16 let's go over some player stats like the studs uh, was Watson he was 318 yards four touchdowns 24 yards rushing for 33.12 points uh, Will Fuller he had the good game as well six receptions 171 yards two touchdowns for 32.1 points. Mari Cooper had a nice day. He was uh, the Dallas receiver six receptions 112 yards one touchdown for 20.2 points. And Terry McLaurin he he did well seven receptions 92 yards for 12.7. Uh, like I said Antonio Gibson he crushed it for the Washington uh, football team. 115 yards, three touchdowns, five receptions for 21 yards for 34.1 points. Adrian Peterson he had a good game too for uh, Detroit. He ran for 55 yards, two touchdowns for 17.5 points. Duke Johnson also had a decent game. Houston 37 yards, three receptions, 43 yards and a touchdown for 15.5 points. Logan Thomas and T.J. Hawkinson they didn't disappoint. Uh, Thomas four receptions, 20 yards and a touchdown for 11.42. And Hawkinson, five receptions at 89 yards for 11.4 points. Let's talk some news. News with views. All right, so running back Rex Burkhead of the New England Patriots, he's out for the season with a knee injury. Uh, James White's going to get all the pass work, um, you know, all the catching and receiving work that there's going to be in New England uh, going forward. And then running back Raheem Mosher out of the 49ers. He's going to be activated from IR, but remains questionable for week 12. Um, basically, I'd kind of wait on Mostert. I want to get a game underneath his belt, see what he's going to do with that knee. Um, I just I don't trust him coming off an injury right away. Uh, he might smash this week, but I want to see it first. Now, some COVID news. What's spreading quick and makes you sick, infecting everyone. Soul. Corona, corona, you cough and shake <laughs> All right, so the Baltimore Pittsburgh game that was supposed to be played Thursday night uh, that got postponed and moved to a Sunday game, and then Friday it was announced that it's going to be moved to Tuesday. So now it's not on Sunday; it's Tuesday. And then Dallas and Baltimore had a Thursday game this, you know, for Week 13. Now, that's going to be moved to Monday. So, we'll have two Monday night games then. And then some guys that have been placed on COVID. Lamar Jackson, quarterback. That's kind of what kicked it all off. Uh, Wide receiver Brandon Ayuk is still on the COVID list. Adam Thielen was placed on the COVID list. Uh, Mark Ingram and J.K. Dobbins, the running backs for Baltimore, they're both on COVID as well. Let's move on. In and out. So this is my take on whether these guys play this week or not, and going to give you why. <laughs> All right, so let's start off with running backs. Chris Carson at Seattle, he's got the foot injury, he's going to be in, he's going to start Monday night. Tevin Coleman from San Francisco, the knee injury, he's out. Todd Gurley, Atlanta knee, he is out, so get Brian Hill. Uh, Giovanni Bernard out of Cincinnati, he's got the concussion, I think he's going to clear, so he'll be in, you can flex him. Austin Eckler out of the Chargers. He's got the hamstring injury. I think he's going to be in. I would sit him. I, again, I want to wait at least a game. I want to see how these guys do coming back from big injuries like this. Caitlin Bellage from the Chargers. He's been dealing with an ankle injury. He's kind of questionable right now. I think he's going to be in, and you can start him. Uh, Salvin Ahmed from Miami. He's got the shoulder injury. He's going to be out, so look for Matt Burita to come back. Tight ends. Hayden Hurst out of Atlanta. Ankle. He's going to be a game-time decision. I think he's in. Uh, Irv Smith, Minnesota. He's got the groin injury. He's going to be out. Uh, quarterbacks to look at. Mitch Trubisky from uh, Chicago. He's got the shoulder injury. He's going to be in. Um, I would sit him. Don't play him. Sam Darnold from New York. Uh, same injury. Shoulder injury. He's going to be in. Sit him as well. Tua Tagovailoa, The thumb. He's going to be in. You can sit him. Kyler Murray out of Arizona. Shoulder injury. He's going to be in. You can start Kyler this week. Uh, wideouts: Julio Joan out of Atlanta, <clears throat> hamstring injury. He's a game-time decision. I think he's going to play. Uh, be careful, though. Calvin Ridley, Atlanta, he's got the foot injury. He's going to be in. You can start him. Debo Samuel, San Francisco 49ers, uh, hamstring, hamstring injury. He's going to be in. You can start Debo this week. Jerry Judy out of Denver, he, the ankle injury. He's going to be in. I would sit him. I am not confident in Judy uh, as of right now. Uh, LaVishka Chenault, uh, Jacksonville hamstring. He's going to be in. You can flex him because DJ Chark out of Jacksonville. Same team with the ribs. He's going to be out. And then MVS, Marquez Valdez-Scantling out of Green Bay. He's got the Achilles injury. I think he's going to be in. Sorry. I think he's going to be out. Uh, Look for Alan Lazard. Uh, Let's get ready to rumble. Main event, alright, so it is week 12, and there are no teams on by this week, yes, no teams on by, got the full slate of games, let's talk some start-sit players, guys that we want to put on our flexes, guys that I'm feeling more confident about, or less confident about. So to start off, quarterbacks, we're going to start with Justin Herbert, he is absolutely automatic, but I'm still listing him here for a few reasons. For starters, most of you picked him up despite having another quarterback. He's had five games with at least three touchdown passes, the most by a rookie in the NFL history. But I know a lot of you will look at this matchup against the Bills and have some questions. The matchup is good. The Bills have allowed the fourth most fantasy points to quarterbacks this season. Herbert played his college ball at Oregon. So I'm sure the weather shouldn't be too big of an impact. Then Matt Ryan, we're going to start as well. Here's the thing. Ryan was brutal against the Saints. Let's just put that out there. He had 5.28 fantasy points. But if you look back before the Falcons' buy, he had four games with at least 17 points, including a 31 pointer against the fraudulent Vikings. The matchup should be good, uh, should be a good one for Ryan. The Raiders have allowed the ninth most fantasy points to quarterbacks this season. A little skewed because they've had to play Pat Mahomes twice, but they also get to play Drew Locke. Um, so I guess it all kind of evens itself out. But Ryan is a fine option this week, even though no teams are on by. Quarterbacks I'm not fond of this week. Jared Goff is going to start it off. So Goff is coming off a spectacular 376-yard, three touchdowns showing on Monday night. However, he doesn't have the best track record when it comes to encores. The last time he finished among the week's top 10 quarterbacks, Goff followed a gem at Washington with a quarterback 18 showing at San Francisco. Prior to that, he went from the quarterback 5 in week 4 to quarterback 26 the next weekend. Once again, the California native faces the 49ers after a strong showing. McVeigh wisely dialed up a pass-heavy blueprint against the NFL's stingiest run defense Monday night, but the San Francisco 49ers rank 5th against the pass. My other quarterback I'm going to be fading is Ryan Tannehill from Tennessee. So obviously, Tannehill played well against the Ravens. Helping to rally the Titans for a victory, even topped 20 fantasy points for the first time since week six. The matchup against the Colts is pretty tough. The Colts held him just to 10.78 fantasy points in week 10. I expect Tannehill to top that total, but I'm not seeing a high enough ceiling to start him over some of the other options available uh, for this week. All right, some running backs I am fond of Wayne Gallman from New York. Uh, Wayne has double-digit carries and a touchdown each of the last four weeks. He's running back 12 or better in three of the last four weeks. Furthermore, Gallman has received more carries in each of the last three games. Along with peaking at 18 rushes in Week 10, he's also played in a season-high 59% of the Giants' offensive snaps. And then Zach Moss is the other running back I like this week. Moss has now fully taken over the gig for the Bills. He's outsnapped Devin Singletary in three consecutive games. Moss has averaged 11 touches per game since week eight to lead the Bills. The Chargers have allowed a top 15 running back in eight consecutive games. Running backs I'm going to sit or or, uh, (laughs) just fading right now is Melvin Gordon from the uh, Denver Broncos. So Gordon scored two touchdowns when I recommended sitting him last week. So naturally, I'm doubling it down. In hindsight, I gave way too much credit to Miami's defense that remains highly vulnerable against the run. The Saints, on the other hand, wield the NFL's second-best rushing defense. As noted by ESPN's Mike Triplett, they've set a record for 52 straight games without permitting a 100-yard rusher. Nobody has even hit 90 this season. And only two, Josh Jacobs and David Montgomery, managed to reach 75. 75. And then Chase Edmonds, I'm going to fade. For the first time this season, Kenyon Drake saw more targets with five than Edmonds, who had four in week 11. While the latter still notched his third receiving touchdown, he also recorded a season-low two carries. Edmonds momentarily had a window to run with the opportunity in Arizona, but he mustered just 70 yards on 25 carries when Drake sat out week nine. He's averaged just 4.3 rushing attempts in every other contest. And the receiving work isn't consistent enough to trust him. Uh, only the Cowboys have witnessed fewer opposing targets to running backs than the Patriots. All right, some wideouts I like this week Darius Slayton from the New York Football Giants. So far this season, Slayton has faced just two defenses ranked in the bottom half of fantasy points relinquished to wide receivers. Those games resulted in 102 yards and two touchdowns to open up 2020 against Pittsburgh and 93 yards in Week 10. The Bengals have given up the 7th most fantasy points to wide receivers. They've permitted a 100-yard receiver in four straight games before Terry McLaurin settled for 84 last Sunday. There's tremendous upside in this matchup for Slayton, who has an average depth of target of 12.7 yards. Uh, Per the next-gen stats, only McLaurin, DJ Moore, Adam Thielen, and Hollywood Brown account for a higher percentage of their team's targeted air yards. And then Nelson Aguilar is the next guy that I am liking this week. So let's let's slow the talk and notion that USC does not produce good wide receivers. Nelly Swag has become a reliable fantasy option. I'm not saying he's Adam Thielen or something, but he's putting up consistent numbers. He scored at least 13 fantasy points in five of his last seven games, and he's got a 16% target share on his team. And we love the matchup against the Falcons, who have allowed 43.6 fantasy points to wide receivers this season. All right, some receivers I am fading. Corey Davis is among this list, and Davis has been good this year. He's had double-digit points in four of his last five games. He's even had 11.7 points against the Colts in the last time that they played. But with no teams on by, I can't see Davis as anything more than a low-end wide receiver three at this point. I'm guessing you have better options on your team. And if you don't, (laughs) good luck. Russell Gage is my next guy I'm fading. Uh, Russell was targeted 12 times against the Saints, and he was second on the Falcons with 36 routes run. Gage even has at least seven targets in two of the last three games. But with Calvin Ridley getting healthy and returning to the team uh, last week, it's hard to envision a sustained role for Gage in this offense, even with Julio Jones battling a hamstring injury. All right, some tight ends I am liking. We're going to go with Jonu Smith. Smith is a touchdown-dependent option, but he keeps scoring touchdowns. Although registering a putrid 157 receiving yards in the last seven games combined, he has found the end zone in each of those last three games. During that streak, Smith became the first and only tight end to hit dirt against the Colts. And then Evan Ingram I like as well. Ingram had just 3.5 points against the Eagles in Week 10. But had been on a nice roll up to that point, scoring in double digits in three consecutive games. Uh, the Bengals have allowed the fourth most points to tight ends this season. Ingram is a solid start. And then tight ends, I'm fading. Jared Cook from New Orleans. After serving up a donut in week 10's box score, Cook caught his only target from Taysom Hill for six yards in week 11. Making these matters worse, the Broncos have stymed Travis Kelsey and Darren Waller en route to surrendering the eighth fewest fantasy points to tight ends. Cook will need to earn his way back into starting lineups by receiving more attention from Hill. And then Mike Gasecki from the Dolphins. So the Jets have given up a lot of production to tight ends this season. With seven touchdowns on the season, Hunter Henry had a great game against them last week. But with even a great matchup, I would expect somebody like Adam Shaheen, or Dern Smith to sneak through and get the touchdown against the Jets. Because that's just the way it works. Are you guys ready for the starts of the week? Starts of the week. All right, so quarterback Derek Carr kicks it off. Send in the car. Send in the car. <laughs> I'm old enough to, to remember when a lot of you were telling me that Derek Carr Was going to be replaced by Marcus Mariota By the bye week How's that working out Derek was out there on Sunday night Dealing Should have ended up sweeping the Chiefs But then the Raiders defense saw Travis Kelsey Chilling in the end zone by himself And well you know know, Touchdown great However my point is Derek is the man For the Raiders He has been very good the entire season Yes even against Denver the Raiders won by 25 points And he was great but I understand it doesn't always translate to fantasy. He scored 21.6 points against the Chiefs, but it was the first time he topped 15 fantasy points since week 7. He's great, not always a great fantasy start, and that's fine. Just like The Mandalorian is a great show. Quarterback Cam Newton is my other quarterback I am starting this week. Newton Fish finished as the quarterback 28 in two terrible outings, weeks 3 and 7 this season. He's placed no lower than quarterback 14. the seven others although the floor is lower than the typical starting caliber quarterback he's delivered a reasonable return more often than not it's also encouraging to see bill belichick give him more leeway against weather uh weaker passing defenses arizona has surrendered the seventh most fantasy points to quarterbacks giving a healthy newton the opportunity to pull his weight as a low-end quarterback one then running back kareem hunt out of cleveland it's, I'm just going to keep this one simple. Start Hunt against the Jaguars, who have allowed the six most fantasy points to running backs this year. Then running back Jonathan Taylor out of Indianapolis. So now what do we do? Just when you think it's Hines' job, Taylor comes out and gets a massive 26 touches. The good news is that it appears Jordan Wilkins is back to being a clear-cut third-string running back, which leaves us with Taylor and Hines to fight about. The last time these two teams met, it was Hines who was crushing them for 115 yards and two touchdowns. The Titans ranked as the fifth best matchup for running backs. They've allowed 10 top 24 running back performances through 10 games, including five top 10 performances. Clearly, the Colts want Taylor to be the guy, though he's also on a short leash. For now, we should consider him a top, the top back in the offense. And then wide out is Devontae Parker out of Miami. Parker has been getting... The elite target—he hasn't been getting the elite targets he was last year. And his 6.5 targets per game pales in comparison to the 8.0 targets per game he saw last year. If the Daltons are quick to pull uh, Tua if he struggles, that's not a bad thing for Parker, who benefits from playing well with Fitzpatrick. This is a magic. Parker should crush, as the Jets have allowed 202.1 yards per game to wide receivers this year, which makes them one of just three teams who have allowed more than 189.6 yards per game. Parker should be in lineups as a low-end wide receiver, too, this week. And then wide receiver DJ Moore is my other star of the week. He's exceeded 90 yards five times, including three straight with 93 yards in the last seven contests. Most recently, setting a new season benchmark with 127 in Week 11. Moore will be just fine as a high-upside wide, high upside wide receiver, too, with Teddy Bridgewater under center. That's despite the Vikings tightening up their passing defense in recent weeks after a dreadful start. Tight end the starts of the week is Jordan Reed. If you need a streamer, Reed could feasibly jump closer to that tight end 12 territory this Sunday. He's received at least six targets in three games without George Kittle, including two touchdowns week two and 62 yards prior to San Francisco's bye. And then tight end is Austin Hooper. He's the other guy. Hooper is starting to establish himself, and I hope you were able to get him back from get him back on the, from the waiver wire. Uh, Hooper now has at least 10 fantasy points in three of the last five games. The Jags have allowed at least two passing touchdowns in four consecutive games and have allowed the most points per game since Week Five. And goodness, finally a Browns game that won't have to be—it won't have horrible weather for a change. Well, that's going to wrap it up for today. The next show is Week 13 waiver wire ads. We're getting close to the playoffs. Want to say thank you for listening to the show? Make sure to subscribe, whatever platform you're on. Leave a rating and review also don't forget to visit fantasy knockout.com for all your fantasy football needs all right till next time see ya